Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for I was writing text to Byron on the computer while I was doing my study, and he wrote something funny to me, and I wrote, ha, ha, ha. And I thought I was texting it to him, but I actually put it in my notes. So I have right here, Judges 12, verse ha, ha, ha. So are you all ready for Judges 12, verse ha, ha, ha? I'm telling you, I make mistakes, all right? It's just part of it. <laughs> so Judges 12, verse 11, or ha, 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 whichever way you want to go. After him, Elon the Zebulonite judged Israel. He judged Israel 10 years. And Elon the Zebulonite died and was buried at Ajalon in the country of Zebulun. After him, Abdon, the son of Hillel, the, the Parathonite, judged Israel. He had 40 sons and 30 grandsons who rode on 70 young donkeys. He judged Israel eight years. Then Abdon, the son of Hillel, the Parathonite, died and was buried in Parathon in the land of Ephraim in the mountains of the Amalekites. Wow, in the mountains of the Amalekites. The Amalekites were the enemies of Israel. So, wrapping up, uh, Elon judged Israel 10 years, which is no small task. Think about trying to judge Israel for one year, uh, six months. <laughs> That's got to be tough. He judged Israel 10 years. Now, not much is known about him, but he's in the text for the record of proving that God was able to keep Israel under godly leadership after they had repented in chapter 10. It's kind of interesting. You see a guy he judged, and that was it. And that's all you know about him. But Israel repented, and because he's there, the Bible has given us a timeline that says, look, you repented, I'm giving you good guys that kept you for a long time. That's worth mentioning. So whatever he did during his rule, it was good, it was godly stuff, and it maintained leadership for Israel. Now, Abdon's leadership was eight years, and it's very possible, looking at the text, it's possible that he had to deal with some kind of conflict with those ever-so-troubling Amalekites, because it says he was buried in the mountains of the Amalekites. That indicates there might have been an unrecorded battle between Israel and the Amalekites that claimed his life, which the circumstances of his death might have required them to bury him where he fell, in Amalekite uh, territory. And so reading between the lines, it's possible that he fell a hero's death for Israel, but yet still another honorable mention. The Ephraimites, they tried to accuse Jephthah of not asking them to help in the Ammonite attack when, in fact, he did ask. He actually did ask. They were just driven by jealousy because they wanted credit for the victory that he and the Gileadites had won. And so that when they came at him with lies and threats, it produced a big problem. But there's another issue here, in that Jephthah had the calling of God on his life. And this is where I want to try to relate this to you. He had a calling on his life, and that calling was to lead and defend the people of Gilead. Now, when you have a calling of God on your life, you will have enemies. You have 
you will have persecutors who will come at you with hateful and false accusations. And the point of it is to try to get you to not follow that calling. I don't have near enough time if we spent all day listening to me talk about all the people that tried to stop me from becoming the minister, the ministry work I'm doing now. And a lot of them were self-proclaimed Christians that did their best to shoot me down. And so you will have enemies try to come at you with accusation. And in their desire to claim glory for themselves, they don't realize that they become a hindrance to those who are actually doing the necessary kingdom service work that brings the blessing in. It takes work to bring the blessing in in many situations. Now, such people like this, they may be spiritually lazy. They may be unsaved entirely. And they resent seeing the blessing come to those who will do the work. Now, again, I've said I've, I've, I've experienced this scenario before where those who won't put in the work of ministry, they had a jealous streak against me and came at me with accusations and did their best to shut me down. So anyway, I can relate to what Jephthah said when he said, I took my life in my hands and I crossed over against the people of Ammon and the Lord delivered them into my hand. Jephthah knew the call of God on his life and so he did it. Friends, I'm here to tell you, if you don't know the call of God on your life, you need to find out what it is. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know. You need to pray. You need to consult the Word of God. You need to find out what is God's call on your life. What does He have you here to do besides just go to work and make money? What, does God, what is God's call on your life? Well, to be saved. Yes, okay, you're saved. And do what with it? We all have a calling. And one thing I want you to notice about Jephthah is that he never one time ever apologized for being obedient to God. Never. People out there are trying to make us cough up an apology for what we're doing. They're trying to make us compromise and stop. Don't do it. Don't compromise to them. When God gives you a calling, chances are that most people will not support you in it. In fact, many will become a hindrance. I've had people ask me, say to me before, I think I want to be a pastor. And I said, okay, right quick. I'm going to encourage you, but I need to put something before you right now. If you lost all your family and all your friends, could you still do it? They weren't expecting to hear that. And I said, I'll say it again. If you lost all your friends and all your family, would you still do it? Well, I don't know. I said, then you need to go pray and think about it before you jump in. And if they say, you know what, I think I would have to do it. And I said, amen, let's talk. I'm just trying to be real. I'm not trying to shoot them down. I'm trying to say, expect this. And then I'll get behind them and encourage them. But you're going to have opposition. But guess what? You do not have to wait on them, and you certainly don't depend on them. Nor do you need their permission or their approval before you go obey the calling that God has put on your life. You don't follow them. You follow God, and you depend on God. And if God gives you faithful people who will support you in your calling, then consider that a blessing. There may be few that will support you, but when they do, thank you, God, for these people. <laughs> I consider y'all, I consider all of y'all here today to be that blessing for me because there's a lot of people that told me no. And God made Jephthah a leader by giving him the power and the authority to deliver the children of Israel out from under oppression. Those who tried to come against him, we saw it. It didn't turn out good for them. I'm going to show you Hebrews 13, 17. It says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, 
for that would be unprofitable for you. The people that try to rival guys like Jephthah, the people that have tried to rival me, the people that try to rival you in your calling, doesn't work out good for them. It says unprofitable for who? It says unprofitable for the ones that try to cause the trouble. In my own leadership experience, there's been many people who tried to knock me out of ministry, and they threw opposition at me. And it certainly was a very grieving thing to go through. And sometimes it still is. Sometimes it's still hard to deal with. But I am going to obey the calling of God on my life until God tells me to step down, not them. God determines that. Now, according to Hebrews 13, 17, it's not going to turn out bad for me. It only turns out bad for them. Now, perhaps there's somebody who hears me right now. You're in a conflict with your pastor or your boss or somebody who is in authority over you, and you're in conflict with them for whatever reason that it is. You're not supporting them in in the calling that God made them accountable to. This conflict will be unprofitable for you. You think you're bringing it down on them. It's going to work out bad for you. The Ephraimites brought grief upon Jephthah, and it did not end up profitable for them. They went down in judgment for it. And so for those who are hearing me right now, if you are hard-pressed against your leaders, and, and believe me, our culture is teaching us how to do that. They're teaching us how to look at authorities in our society, find one little teensy little thing wrong with them, and then say, I don't have to listen to you anymore, and then tear them up. It is ungodly, ungodly to the bone. Don't learn off the news crews. You listen to what God's Word says. If you're hard-pressed against your leaders and pastors, it's highly likely that your viewpoint on why you are allowed to do it is just as deceived as the viewpoint that the Ephraimites had for going against Jephthah. Don't be deceived. And so right now from Judges 12, you've been given fair warning and an opportunity to disengage your part of the conflict before it finalizes into being your loss. Because that it will be your loss. Get behind your leaders. Get behind your pastors. Don't go to war with them. It doesn't mean you can't give them advice. It doesn't mean you can't come with a friendly, loving scriptural possible correction from time to time if they mess up, but don't go to war with them. Realize they have a calling of God and support them. And also, if God gave them a calling, don't be jealous of them if God never gave that calling to you. I went to Bible college with a bunch of people that all wanted to be pastors, and I ended up being one, and a bunch of them didn't, and they're mad. Their attitude is, we put in just as much tuition as you did. We put in just as much time in school as you did. How come I'm not a pastor and you are? And they're taking it on on me like it's my fault. I I don't know why you didn't make it. I don't know why you're not doing it. But why are they taking that out on me? They should jump in and support me with what I'm doing instead of making me grieve that I've got something they don't have. That's coveting. Jump in and support the work with a leader. Don't just sit back and be unsupportive. Now, an interesting dynamic in this chapter is that the weapon of the Ephraimites that they tried to use against Jephthah lies, God turned it back on them. Did you notice that? 
The weapon they tried to use to take Jephthah down, God turned it back on them. They lied about Jephthah as a justification to kill him. They said, you didn't ask us to help when he did. And they insulted him. They lied. But it was lies that came back as death to them. Remember, during the battle, they tried to lie to try to escape the river. But the Lord used their accent against them to expose their lie. Luke eight seventeen, For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. God is going to expose everything, all of it. You don't have to worry about when people lie against you. False accusation. on. Don't worry about it. Don't get caught up in that argument. That's not your battle to fight. God will deal with that. Those that lied, their accent gave them away. Their lie was revealed and it exposed them that they were indeed Ephraimites and they were killed for it. Now, you remember the word that they tried to make them say. What was that word? Shibboleth, right? They tried to make them say Shibboleth, which means river. I discovered that when they misspoke and said Sibboleth, that word Sibboleth means burden. Burden. <laughs> what? <laughs> they went from saying river to burden. What they said became their fate. If someone was truly a Gileadite, they'd be able to say river, but if not, they could only say burden, to which they indeed fell under the burden of death. Now, I did some research on the word shibboleth now, and I found out that it has also come to mean this. It means a test that proves who someone belongs to or a stumbling block. It means a test if you belong or if you're a stumbler. You see what happened at the river? Say shibboleth. If they could say it, that meant they belonged. If they couldn't, that means they were a problem. So shibboleth means a test that proves if someone belongs or is a stumbling block. And so I think that's also why the Gileadites used that word, so they could test the difference between those who belong to them and to those who were an enemy. Do you belong to us, or are you an enemy? That was a test. Did you know that even for us, your mouth proves whether you belong to Jesus or if you are an enemy? Did you know that? Romans 10.9, my favorite verse, but I'm going to further it on to verse 10. If you confess with your what? Your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto unrighteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Your mouth and what it says and what it does proves the test. Do you belong to the Lord or are you an enemy? 1 Corinthians 12.3, I just want to knock it in one, two punch again. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Your mouth is going to give you away, just like it did the Ephraimites. How you talk and what you say. Today we're looking for the return of Messiah Jesus, and your actions will prove what's truly in your heart. It'll come up out of your mouth. And it will determine where you really stand. The Ephraimites came cursing and threatening God's called man, Jephthah. And they went down in judgment for it. So I want to ask a question. What about you? What about you? Do you curse God's name? To tell you, nothing gets me more than people who say they're Christian and they curse God's name. Uh Uh-uh. Your your mouth is is, is, is proving a test of where you're really standing. 
Are you a shibboleth or a sibboleth? Are you river or are you enemy? Are you the way out or are you here for judgment? Wow. Did you know that Romans 1.29 says that those who are filled with unrighteousness, wickedness, sexual immorality, and murder are those who gossip and whisper. It puts them all in that category. Gossipers and whisperers. These are people who are just bad to the bone. All because there goes the mouth. You see, that's the language of an unbeliever. That's the way they talk. They can't say Jesus is Lord because if they don't have the Spirit, they're not capable of saying it. Like, I can't roll my R's. It wasn't put into my culture to do it. The people that are unsaved cannot declare Jesus because it's not put into their spirit to say it. They're not going to do it. And no one can curse Jesus if they are speaking by the Holy Spirit. We just read a story about a group of people that went down in judgment by their mouth. Now, I have a saying, what's in the well is going to come up with the bucket. What's down in there comes up when you draw it out. Your mouth is proving what's really down in there. So how do you talk? I want to ask you, does sharing the gospel to others give you great joy? It does to me, and I even do it in public. But if the gospel is offensive to you and you criticize others for proclaiming it, even to the point of threatening and criticizing the people that God has given a calling to, well, then that just shows where you are. Just remember what happened to Jephthah and the Ephraimites and how they went down. I have had self-claimed Christians literally threaten and insult me for talking about Jesus to other people. I've been told by people in the workplace I used to work at, you will get fired for that. And this guy was listening to Christian music and reading the Bible in his office every day. Just like Jephthah, if they won't help, I will not apologize for going on without them. You know that song that says, if none go with me, still I will follow. Wow, what a song. There's a lot of people out there that think they're saved, but are giving the called people of God lots of grief. Maybe someone hearing me today is realizing, hey, that's me. Well, guess what? There's always forgiveness. Right now is a good time to get right with Jesus Christ. There is no wrong that you can do that's too big for His forgiveness. There's no wrong too big. As an example of that, and then we're done, and we'll do communion. But as an example, I want to bring to your attention to what's been happening in the news right now. It's tremendous. It's awesome. There's a woman who's a former, y'all probably know, a former Dallas police officer. She was recently convicted of murder. She claims that she mistook someone else's apartment for her own, and she shot the owner inside, claiming that she thought he was a burglar. Now, in her court trial, the 18-year-old brother of the murder victim, after she was convicted, asked the judge, can I give her a hug? The victim's brother said to her in the presence of the court, this is what he said, it's in the news. He said, I don't want you to go to jail. I want the best for you because I know that's exactly what my brother would want you to do. And the best would be to give your life to Christ. I love you as a person. I don't wish anything bad on you. That happened. You look it up on the news. It's there. And the judge was so moved by this moment, she went into her office and brought back her own Bible and gave it to the woman that she just passed sentence on. She gave her her own personal Bible. Are you on that picture? And the judge said to her, this is public, you can look it up. She said, Here, here's this Bible. She goes, it's not because I'm good. 
It's because I believe in Christ. I'm not so good. You haven't done so much that you can't be forgiven. You did something bad in one moment in time, but what you do now matters. That's what the judge said to this woman. Friends, this is a tremendous display of the Lord, of, the, of God's love. And you know, as a just judge, God has to condemn sin. He's got to pass sentence on it. But at the same time, He offers us salvation if we will only receive it. Now, one thing that makes this situation here, this court case, so great is that today, our nation has so much racial tension. It has such a hatred of law and a hatred of the gospel of Jesus Christ to see all of those major elements collide into one place on display on our major news networks is just absolutely incredible to see that go down. Now, I believe that all three of these people need prayer. All of them do. This woman is about to start a prison sentence, and we need to pray for her. But also, this young man and this judge, they are both bold leaders of our faith. They stuck their necks out on national TV to share the gospel with somebody that needed it. And they need prayer. They sacrificed themselves for what God called them to do, and they are not apologizing for it. They had to cross over and go deal with something, and they did. They didn't ask anybody's approval. They didn't ask anybody's permission. This was the opportunity. This was the time to do it, so they did it. And right now, people are protesting in the streets for what that young man did, and atheists are even trying to sue the judge. The enemy has come. You didn't get our approval. Jephthah said, I don't need your approval. I have a calling of God. Take an example from these bold leaders here. An 18-year-old young man inspired a judge in her own courtroom to get up and take an act too. What leaders we have? What about you? What will your mouth do? Will it prove you sibboleth or shibboleth? Will it prove you belong to Jesus or you're a stumbling block? Which way will your mouth take you? We need to pray for them, not hate them. They're doing it without apology, and I think we need to do the same thing too. Father, we come before you. Lord, we pray for these people. First, Lord, we want to pray for the young woman that is starting her prison term, however long it's going to be. Lord, we ask you to show her salvation in the Word that the judge gave her, that if it took this for her to get saved, then so be it. Lord, there's a lot of people that hear my voice, they're not saved, and they haven't gone through anything as extreme as this. How awesome would it be, Lord, if they just decide to give you, the, give you your, their lives now without coming to such a bad situation as that? Lord, draw your people. Lord, draw your people. We ask you to help us to receive them when people receive the gospel and they declare with their mouth, Jesus is Lord. Lord, the, the, the Ephraimites were looking for a way out, and they couldn't say it, and so they went down in judgment. Lord, your people today are looking for a way out, and you gave them one. You gave them Jesus Christ. Enable them to say it. Enable them to speak it, even though it is not yet in their vocabulary to do so. By the Holy Spirit, Lord God, enable their tongues to say, Jesus is Lord. I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.